You are listening to the Sound and Faith podcast, coming to you from Faith Baptist Fellowship in beautiful, lovely Sioux Falls, South Dakota. My name is Pastor Thomas Lawson. And my name is Pastor Mike Johnson. And our aim with this podcast is to encourage the saints of Faith Baptist Fellowship to believe sound doctrine and to live lives that adorn the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome back, Pastor Mike. Thank you. And I love that we're that's still our theme, even though we're not preaching through Titus anymore. Yeah, it's going to stay our theme, I think, throughout uh, the, the life of this podcast, however much time the Lord gives us. Yes, I think that's honoring to God. You know, something that was very encouraging to me is that a number of people uh, commented that they missed the podcast last week. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad, glad people are listening. Why and... didn't they listen? What's that? Why didn't they listen? Oh, because we didn't do one last oh, week. Wow. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. I did. And... Really uh, did you um, move your mic a little bit oh, closer sorry. there? Sorry to, to add that into the mix right here, no but worries. you know what? We're technically uh, technically proficient here, at and least we try. I'm challenged. You're proficient. <laughs> that works out real well. I had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we had a family in town, and we had a friend who came over and visited us, and somebody from the church visited us. It was great. How about you? Yeah, we did too. We had someone from the church, a family from the church come over, had a great time. You know, it's just a, a wonderful time to remember God's goodness in our lives. We should give thanks always, of course. Agreed. But, you know, to have a day that we set aside to really refresh ourselves in that, in that truth, uh, I think is always great. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. And now we are into uh, a whole new season. Yes. Advent. Advent. Starting this Sunday. Yes. Uh, it's kind of a little bit different this year. Oftentimes, it seems like that first Sunday after Thanksgiving is the first Sunday of Advent because of the way it falls in the calendar this year. We right. had one more Sunday, and and now we have the first Sunday of Advent starting. Yeah. So Thanksgiving is always the final Thursday, and that just ends up falling on different days depending on how the calendar is. And in this particular calendar... It made for more space at the end of November, and so we had one extra week. Yeah, so we're going to um, talk a little bit about Advent today. Uh, let's just jump right in, Pastor Mike, if we can. You know, sure. First of all, let's define this. What What is Advent, and how is it different from Christmas? So Advent means coming or arrival, and it's different from Christmas in that uh, Advent is a season— we, I know we say the Christmas season, but Christmas is a holiday. Right. It's a day that we celebrate, <clears throat> December 25th, um, and it, it's we are celebrating the Advent in Christmas, but uh, but Advent is a little bigger. It's four weeks uh, thinking ahead. So if mm. Christmas is celebrating that, that Christ was born in Bethlehem, Advent is, is celebrating the reality that Christ is coming. Like mm. the, It's an anticipation. It's an event of... Like, it's an anticipation event. Yeah, know, we, yeah. We are anticipating the coming of Christ. Yeah. And and why 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 would we do something like that? Because I mean, we, we live in the reality now that Christ has been born. Yes. I mean, he's accomplished his work of redemption. But why would we take the, a season to reflect upon, you know, anticipating his coming? Sure. How, how does that parallel with our with our reality now? Well, in so many ways, like uh, just a few that I can mention. Uh, one is that uh, we we once walked in darkness, you know, mm. and, and so Advent is a season of reminder. It reminds us that that uh, like spiritually we were destitute and we had no hope and we were we were wandering around, you know, uh, yeah. without hope in a dark world, and and but there was hope in that, and that that hope was that Christ was coming, and so we we look to the Messiah, and Christ would come and. And that's our story, that's our history, so it reminds us uh, kind of the same way that the Lord's Supper reminds us. 
uh, just in a in a longer way, you know. Um, but there's more to it. There's more to it. Yeah. We we live in the season between the advents, and 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 we we are still looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Mm. You know, so yeah. so Christ has come and He is coming, and uh, we look back with hope and and found our our confidence in Christ. Um, but we look forward that one day He will come and and make all things right finally and decisively. Yeah, and and I think too from the perspective of biblical theology, you know, the whole story of Scripture, uh, a lot of times it can be very, very easy. I hear Christians say this all the time, all the time. It's, it's, you know, some of the parts of the Old Testament are very difficult to mm-hmm. read. They're harder to get into. They, they don't jump off the page to us, like reading in Romans, you know, and, and we can get lost in some of the details of that story. But when you realize that the whole of the Old Testament was this a story of God preparing the world for the Messiah, for Jesus, and faithful believers in God who who believed and longed for the Savior who would come were waiting, were groaning yes. for for His coming. You know, they were they were the people that walked in darkness, and they were longing to see that light. Yes, um, we we can in a sense remember that that with that anticipation that they had that the Messiah was going to come. And, and you know that that even goes all the way back to the garden to Genesis three fifteen when God promised Adam and Eve after they had sinned, you know that He was going to send one, the offspring of the woman, who would come and crush the head of the yes. serpent. Yeah, right uh, in the very beginning, right. chapter three of the Bible, yeah. yeah, Genesis three. Yeah, and we have an we have an Advent thing that we do with our family at home where we uh, it's a book that we go through a devotional that really takes us through the Old Testament to these stepping stones that point to the Messiah. Nice. Uh, and it's a great way as we go through our, our little Advent tree and all of that. It, Sounds it's, really good. It's great, yeah. Sounds really good. We, we've done different things through the years. Um, usually I pick an Advent devotional that we'll read at mm. the breakfast table, and uh, but my wife has made Advent calendars before that we've, you know, we, we've done different things as the kids have grown, uh, but we've we've tried to... And that's the other thing, that the, the advantage of Advent over Christmas. Christmas is one day... Uh, Advent, four thoughtful weeks of mm. of really. I mean, it's. I think that rhythm has a like a, a helpfulness to it, so that families can prepare their hearts, uh, so that churches and the family of God, we we can collectively kind of prepare our hearts to to think about the coming of Christ. Yeah. So so right there. So so Advent doesn't just look back. No. It looks. It looks ahead too. Yeah. yeah it looks ahead. Like uh, the. Christ is coming, right? Christ has come, and He is coming. Right. And we live in that already, not yet, uh, mm. season that we talk about a lot uh, theologically. We live in the, 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 the season between the Advents. You know, Christ has come, we have hope. It's assured. It's really assured. Wait till Sunday. I can't wait to talk about how assured it is. Yeah. It's, it's a glorious reality. Uh, but, you know, we still see uh, wars raging in the Middle East. We see wars raging in Europe. Um, we see sin everywhere we look, you know, we see sin in our own hearts. We know that this is not done yet. Yeah. You know, that this is done but not done, and one day Christ will come and set all things right, and it will finally be, um, it will, it will find, the, the Advent, He will finally mm. come. Yeah, so. yeah, the, 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 the consummation of the age, that, yes. that, that time in which He will, will come again. And, and what is what is so wonderful, and one thing I love about the fact that we're actually this Sunday, since it's the first Sunday 
of the month, and it's the first Sunday in Advent, we're going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper. Yeah, it's wonderful. What a wonderful way to just kick off the season yeah. for us in remembering Christ. And as the words of Scripture say, we as, as often as we do this, we proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Yeah. So yeah. There's, there's that sense of this Sunday, we're going to be looking back and we're going to be looking forward yes. at the same time, and, and it's it, wonderful. And really, it's four weeks hovering in on the gospel, isn't yeah, it? Four yeah. weeks, and it's not enough, but it's it's something we do. Like, like once a year, four weeks where we, I mean, we do it other times too, but four weeks where we just set aside to really, really press into the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God sent His Son. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. So is, is celebrating Advent then something you, you know that's valuable for the church to do because we're we're not a high liturgical church here at faith i mean we there there are aspects of the church calendar that we follow christmas easter advent you know things like that good friday uh but you know we we don't follow to the letter uh, what might be termed as the liturgical calendar for some of our listeners out there who maybe grew up lutheran or uh in in various backgrounds but but what's the value of observing something like Advent in our church. I think Advent and other seasons and rhythms can be very good for the believer, because it... Uh, just think about a day. Um, uh, like, the rhythms of my day are helpful for my spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. Like, getting up in the morning and reading the Bible, like, there's nothing that says, it, you know, there's there's no law that I'm breaking if I don't do that, you know? Um, but that that rhythm, that getting up in the morning, making my coffee and sitting yeah. and you know uh, reading the bible and praying is good. Uh, so I think intentional rhythms are very helpful for the life of the Christian and the life of the church. Yeah. And that's that's the advantage I think of advent. Uh, it's an intentional rhythm. Same same with the resurrection sunday in that season that we uh, then you know we this intentional rhythm where we spend four weeks purposely trying to hover in on 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 the gospel. Yeah, I, I think in the broader context of of not just the Christian life, but if you think about the life of the church and worship, we've talked here before about the regulative principle of worship. Yes. We have those elements of worship that we we feel like we 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 must have, as we see in scripture, have in our service. And then there's forms that go along with that. And the forms can vary yep. uh, because it's how we go about observing those. So while it's not, it's a church is not sinning if they don't observe Advent. It is a helpful thing that uh, can, you know, encourage us. Uh, it's a, a tool of discipleship. It's a tool of, of learning and growing together. And like you say, having those patterns and rhythms in our lives, uh, it, it can really encourage us to to focus in on on some truths of God's word during that time. Sure, you know, the world has rhythms too, and. You know the rhythm this time of year has to do with materialism yeah. and all of those kind of things, and this um, this is especially good for us in this culture. You know where we where we have those outside rhythms. This pushes back on that a little bit. Yeah. You know so that as the people of God, we stop and we we think for four weeks long, like what this really means and yeah. how good it is for our souls and our eternity. So yeah, I think I think the helpfulness of it is why we do it. It's not a rigid law. But the have, the helpfulness of it is important. Yeah, it it it's it's you 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 tied it in very well. I mean, just our regular devotional life, having some patterns, having some rhythms. None of this is um, quenching the spirit. It it's a way to be disciplined and and to to grow in our faith during this time. The the title of uh, David <clears throat> Mathis's book is almost worth the book. Habits of grace, right? Yeah, you know, and this is a habit of a church of grace. Mm. You know, to spend yeah, four yeah. weeks 
around Christmas time thinking about the Advent. Is it possible, though, uh, to fall into um, is something, you know, to, to fall into sentimentalism? Is it possible to fall into just kind of an empty ritualistic Absolutely. pattern of going Absolutely. And we have to push back against that, too. Yeah. You know, like, um, quick example, I was at a funeral. I won't say what tradition was doing this funeral, but I was at this funeral, and the the the, the clergyman who was leading it, um, every time that person talked um, of their own accord, there was no helpfulness in it, right? Mm-hmm. But every time they read the liturgy, it was good. And, like, there's, uh, there's gospel there, lots of gospel there. Um, but my... So I rejoiced. I was sitting there in this funeral, rejoicing in the gospel that was read, even though. But 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 it showed me that there's a disconnect in that man, and probably in that congregation, yeah, between the liturgy they were reading, and the truth they were holding to, you know. And you could see it in that funeral. And like so, here I am, um, hearing hearing the liturgy, rejoicing in the gospel every time he read, and then every time he talked, uh, lamenting that he's so far from. The gospel, you know, yeah, so yeah, and we can be that way. We, yeah. we can be that. I mean, you can do that with Advent. You can do that with any ceremony. You could do that with the Lord's Supper. You could do that with baptism. You can do that with the ceremonies we do. You can empty them out of their real meaning, you know, and and traditions. We we could do that even with some of our most cherished, you know, Baptist distinctives yes. and, and traditions. Our our last episode, of course, two weeks ago was you know why are we Baptist? I mean, you know. It's possible to stand up on a Sunday morning and sing "Amazing Grace" mindlessly. Absolutely, and you're not thinking about what you're singing. You just know the tune. You know the words. You've sung them all your life, uh, and you do it. You do it without any kind of real connection to the truth that you're singing. Yeah, I agree with you totally. Like, and and you know that the answer is not to throw out "Amazing Grace." Right. Exactly. You know, yeah. and it, like our impulse. I think I, I think our impulse is to see the risk of the liturgical calendar, and there are some. You know. And say, well, let's just throw rhythms out and seasons out. Like yeah. every day should be Advent, every day should be Resurrection Sunday. Let's just not think of those things. Let's just, you know, um, that's not the answer. the 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 answer is to continue to invest the meaning that's there and let these things have their helpfulness and not not um, let them become empty rote. So along those lines, I, I actually want to maybe, if I can, tease something here sure. a little bit. Because two weeks ago when we talked about why we were Baptists, we, we, we highlighted the fact that historically Baptists were not against things like creeds and confessions and things like that. And I know we've had some discussion about this, you and I, and at the elder level also, uh, and actually not this Sunday, but the next Sunday, we're, we're actually going to look at some of the Nicene Creed in our worship, Yay. Uh, and, and which I think is marvelous. Yes. Uh, but I know for some people, some members of our church may have come from a background where that was used mindlessly, yes, or used as nothing but an empty form. And what we are striving to get at, because the truth that the Nicene Creed conveys is marvelous. Yes, light, you know, God of God, light of light, very mm. God of very God. Some just really good truth. Yeah, so true about the deity of Christ, His nature as fully God, fully man. Uh, so we want to celebrate those with Christians throughout the ages that have confessed those truths, but we want to make sure we do it in a way that 
deeply connects with the truth of Scripture and with our hearts. So with that, let me ask you a pastoral question. Like, yeah. I mean, a question for you to speak pastorally to. Say you have somebody who struggles with that because they've come from a, a more high church background and and they felt the emptiness that was in that background. Like, yeah. You know, I'm <clears throat> not needling any particular background, but just we all know those kind of things have happened, right. you know? So what do you say to them when they hear the Nicene Creed and they think of that? Like, what's your pastoral encouragement for them? My my pastoral encouragement is is first and foremost to tie it with Scripture. Yes. You know, and I think that's the approach that we're going to take as we begin to look at, you know, some of these historic Christian documents like that to see how they're rooted in Scripture and to read it and to say it with fresh eyes and with a fresh mind and a fresh heart to sense that, oh, these things that maybe at one point in time I said kind of mindlessly or maybe just said out of, out of habit or tradition, that uh, they, they were rooted in deep, profound scriptural truths. Yes. And uh, to, to make that connection, to realize... And, you know, the same advice I would give to someone who sings a song that they've known their whole life that they don't feel that sense of connection That's to. That's a one-to-one parallel, isn't Yeah, it? it's a one-to-one parallel, you uh, know? The songs that we sing, you can sing those songs mindlessly, and you probably catch yourself doing that sometimes. Yeah. You know, and the, the answer is not to not sing songs. Exactly. The answer is to sing those songs from your heart. Right. You know? And so the answer, when we talk about liturgy, um, just using that broadly, uh, the answer to empty liturgy is not no liturgy, it's... Meaningful liturgy. Meaningful liturgy, yes. And so, so the yeah. answer, that we, the pushback on all of this for us should be, okay, I want this to have meaning. What do those words mean? Right. How are they rooted in Scripture? What, what, how do they shape the way that I think and live and love? Yeah. When we sing, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound, that saved a wretch like me, mm. you know, our mind should go to Ephesians 2, by grace are you saved through faith, and that none of yourselves Amen. is a gift of God. You know, uh, we, we should be so ingrained, Scripture should be so deeply ingrained in us, in our diet of daily Bible reading and daily worship, such that when we sing songs, we recognize and discern the, the scriptural connections. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and that's, that's our hope here at Faith, is that as we love God's Word in prayer, that we will see that all that we do in our corporate worship and in our, in our personal worship connects with God's Word and is rooted in God's Word. Mm. So what are we at Faith Baptist doing for Advent, and what are we trusting the Lord to do through that? Yeah, we've, we, we follow uh, a typical pattern here at Faith, and in each year it kind of varies a little bit. Um, we, you know, we, we have our things that we do that are pretty, re- pretty regular, regular. I can't talk today. <laughs> I haven't had enough coffee. I've only had three cups. Um, you know, but when normally there is a sermon series that goes along with that, and so we're starting that this Sunday, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, from Isaiah 9, tying in with other scriptures. Yep. Um, I like to build the, the songs and the scriptures that we do such that the anticipation builds throughout Advent here. So, um, you know, I, I, some people might be disappointed when they come this Sunday and realize that every single song we're singing is not a Christmas song. But, you know, I want the songs to tie in with the message. We are singing some Christmas music, quote-unquote Christmas music, Advent music, but, but that as we move through the weeks of Advent, uh, that, that sense of the light shining in darkness, we, we feel it growing brighter, yeah. you know, and our hope... The anticipation grows. Right, the anticipation yeah. grows... Huh. 
Uh, we do the Advent candles here, and that's just a, a visual demonstration of that light getting brighter. We light one Advent candle the first Sunday, the second Sunday there's two burning, the third Sunday there's three, and so forth, up until Christmas Eve, in which the center, the central candle is lit, uh, and the light of the world has come. Mm. Um, so we 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 visually represent that truth uh, through that. We have some beautiful, beautiful decorations in our sanctuary. And, and you know those are just aesthetics that that um, I, I think point to the joy that we have right in they're, Christ. Uh, they're all good though. Like yeah. it's it's again nothing nothing is necessarily meaningless. Like we right. have to we have to continue to try to be meaningful in the ways that we do this. I'm really excited about this Advent series. I've been wrestling with uh, Isaiah nine uh, one through seven all week long. Uh, really, really blessed by it, you know, just, yeah. and I can't wait to dive into that passage for four weeks, and and really trying to find parallel, uh, we've selected parallel passages from the New Testament that can bring out great truths, and, and really hitting the first week, Wonderful Counselor, second week, um, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, you know, going through yeah. those. I'm really excited about it. It should be really good for our church as we consider the gospel. That, that little grammatical nugget you came down to my office and told me. Don't, don't. I'm, I'm not going to give it away. Yeah. I, I you've got to come Sunday because when I'm you told me it, that, yeah. it was like, oh wow. Yeah, I That's told just my marvelous. wife last night and she was joyful about it too. Yeah, yeah. So excited about that. Yeah, discoveries are great. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So hey, let's think about. Let's try to help our people to make the most of Advent. How can how can listeners make the most of Advent this this year? You know, I, I say corporately come to church. Yes. Be, yes, come to church. <laughs> even um, though even though Christmas Eve like falls on a Sunday, come yeah, to church. Come to church. Um, you know, the the Lord's Day if, if there's one thing I can say, the Lord's Day uh, should be uh, should be always first and foremost a, a priority in our lives. So that Sunday morning uh, on Christmas Eve uh, unless you're providentially hindered out of town, be with the Lord's people. Be here at Faith. We encourage you for a wonderful time of worship. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a folk bluegrass type music going oh, on man. that Sunday. I can't wait. Yeah, I got Jared Sherman, um, some guitar, banjo, mandolins, some viol- uh, viola, and I almost said viola. It sounds like you know, yeah. <laughs> viola and fiddle. Uh, it's going to be a great time. We're going to sing some songs and, and, and be joyful in that. Um, you know, and then we have our Christmas Eve service uh, that's going to be coming up that night. It's just one service this year. We're really going to pack it out. But again, a time of just meaningful gathering that we're going to have and an opportunity to bring a friend to hear the gospel. Uh, I can't wait. We'll highlight that. I can't wait. I, I think, so, too, so, personal traditions, too. So the first point is yeah. do it in community. Do it in community. If you're going to make the most out of Advent, do it with the church. It's got to start there, yep. yes. That's yeah, good if word. you do one thing... Start with it. Be involved in Christian community. Be part of your church. Excellent. Uh, this season, yeah. But but personally, what are some things people can do? Sure. Like I I think families. Um. And and here's a challenge to you dads. Like what a great opportunity to take the lead and mm-hmm. and lead your family through family devotions. It's super easy during Advent because there's so many material. There's so much material that's out there. We have some books on sale at our book stop that you can check out. Uh, you can buy uh, some are for adults, some are for children that have to do with Advent, and they have devotionals there where, where you can go, just read that to your children. Yeah, um, do something every day. I think families. Uh, I think it's helpful to do something every day uh, to remind us again. Nothing empty. We're just 
we're pressing into this anticipation of our Lord coming. So, and, and this is a thing too. And and I I sense a future podcast episode coming. But you know, if you're not in a regular habit of family devotions or family worship, uh, this is a great opportunity to start that sure, habit. Yes. And it if you've never done it before, it it doesn't have to be complicated. Right. You know, you don't have to say, well, we're going to take an hour and catechize our kids. You know, just just start simple. Start with a, you know, and I trust me, I understand. 15-minute reading after breakfast. Right. You know, uh, or at you know, dinner. Uh, we do ours uh, after at the supper table right as we're done. Mm. We, we do it right there. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. I know kid, people have squirmy, you know, kids who like to run around, get restless. Uh, you know, it's it just start small yeah. and, and then grow over time. It's so here's a challenge. Here's yeah. a fam- families, whether, whether, you know, dad or mom, uh, if you're a single mom, use this time to to, to start doing mm. some family devotions, yeah. and we'll do whatever we can to help you with materials. In fact, you can contact our office, and we would we would give you some advice if you need it. Amen. So yeah, I think that's the best way to make the most of Advent. Spend these four weeks thinking about... I mean, just personally, too, some great devotionals that have been published in the last 10 years uh, on Advent. Uh, you can find them. Maybe we'll post a few links uh, on Facebook or something so that you can do that. But uh, read a devotional. You know, there's, yeah. there's lots of them that are daily for you, for your own soul, not just for your family. Pastor Mike, I, I want to I circle back to, to one thing here, because, you know, we, we have done Advent historically here at Faith. Uh, we asked Pastor Dave the other day, who's been here since uh, the Truman administration, I want to say. <laughs> Sorry, Pastor Dave, we love wow. you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but, you know, because I think you had posed the question, how long have we done Advent yes. here at Faith? And he says, as long as I can remember... Not not every church does it. Not every Baptist church That's does right. it. That's right. Um, you know what advice might you give to a, a pastor or a elder council out there that says, "Hey, we we're interested in you know seeing that be part of our church life, but it's not historically something that we've done." Various reservations people might have. What advice might you give them to uh, help them uh, implement that as part of their their corporate worship during Advent? Sure. So I, I did that. I, I implemented it in a church that hadn't traditionally celebrated Advent. And I think the way that I did it was uh, slowly and intentionally with some teaching involved. So I tried to help people understand what Advent is and how good it is and how helpful it can be. Mm. And then uh, I also sought to do that within the framework of the elders, so the elders were on board and with us, and we just moved ahead gently, you know, and I found that to be good and helpful. And now it's such a tradition. They do it. They're, they're going to do it every year. Like yeah. it's, it's it's there in that church. You know, um, this is another church that I pastored. So uh, I would say first and foremost, do it. Um, do it with some teaching. Do it with some joy. Um, but I think introducing it is very much worth your while. And you know, the pushback is usually uh, it's usually not vitriolic. It's usually like questioning. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the pushback I received was. Like, uh, what are we doing here? And it was it was fairly simple to just help people see the value of it. Yeah. And uh, and so a lot of porch time with people, talking to people about, you know, sitting on the porch with them and helping them to see why this is a good thing and how it could be helpful for your church. But I'd encourage you, Pastor, this is a great time to really focus on the gospel, uh, to end the year well, to begin the new year well. Uh, it's a really good time. Yeah, good word there. Thank you for that, Pastor Mike. Well, we're going to move into some... Anything else we want to say on this before I we think, move into some we, questions? Yeah. I've got us some... Uh, I've got us some new uh, uh, 
question and answer music for the season. Oh, it's brilliant. It's the, the German yeah. Tannenbaum. Ah. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you the first question, Yeah, because uh, I only have one on my paper. I think you have more. Um, Becky Stroman, uh, yeah. for, uh, she writes, should a tithe be taken from the gross or net income? Does only the giving to a home church count as a tithe, or do donations uh, to other ministries count also? And I have some thoughts, but maybe you do. Yeah, well, um, that's it for our podcast today. Ah. So we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think it's a much bigger topic. Um, we should I, do a podcast on giving. Sometime. We should do a podcast yeah. on giving. I, I here's, here's my personal take on that, at least what, where I'm convinced from Scripture. Um, I, I think you're, you have to be fully convinced in your own mind yes. about whether or not you want to give from uh, your gross income or your net in, income. I think giving should be sincere. I think it should be from the heart. Uh, I, I think you should give as the Lord leads you yes. in those things. I do think 10% is a, is a, good, uh, a good baseline to have. Right. Um, but, you know, there are... I, I don't feel like we live under a strict law that there must be a ten percent, um, but I think that's a good rule to follow. Sure, I'll put it that way. The New yeah. Testament giving principles are different from the Old Testament law. Right. You know, that's that's the point I think you're making, Pastor Thomas. And I, I think the that's so true. Like the 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 standard in the New Testament is generous from the heart, willing mm-hmm. those kind of words. You know. And um, and I and I think it's a great conversation to have as a family as you think about your budget. Like, how can we how can we be those things? How can we give sacrificially, generously? And as far as to your own church or to other ministries, again, I think there's there's great freedom in how we give. Um, and I don't feel like we need to set down a law, you know. Yeah. That, you know, and I don't think that's helpful to go extra biblical and say, okay, it has to. Uh, at the same time, you know, here we are on mission together, and there's lots of good reasons to 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 want to focus that, you know. But uh, as a local church. But yeah, not, we're not under law, you know, and so the 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 giving is uh, the thought behind giving is different in the New Testament. It is give generously, give uh, willingly, sacrificially, and yeah, I think ten percent is a great starting po- point for us as as Christians. I think maybe that percentage ought to grow as as our means grow. Like mm. if we have so much more income than we need, then maybe we should be, you know, the general that that level ought to be higher. You yeah, know? I, I don't know. But again, it's before between you and the Lord, and um, and God loves a cheerful giver. Right. I, if if there if there is a law, if you want to call it that, it's generosity. Generosity. Be generous. Yes. And, and give to the cause of the gospel. Um, and I think a future episode in which we unpack this further would be warranted. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good question, Becky. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Delaney Lucht asks, uh, "What made you come to know and have faith in Jesus?" Okay, well, real quick, God. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was all God and His grace, but He used so many means. He used means like my grandmother, uh, who constantly talked about the gospel around me and you know urged me to trust in Christ. He used means like a youth pastor who was faithful uh, in, in calling me out for sin, and, and he was faithful in the use of a camp preacher one, one night at Centrifuge in South Carolina when I was 16, where I first heard the gospel clearly. Yeah. So all of those things... Uh, God used to crumble my resistance uh, and turn to Christ by faith. Yeah. Amen. I mean, much the same story here from that perspective. Uh, I, I, I did grow up in a Christian home. I heard the gospel, uh, but there was, a, there was a point in which God brought me to true faith in Christ through the preaching of his word. 
it, it wasn't, um, you know, I didn't have any kind of experience in which, uh, you know, I went through some kind of life trauma or something like that, but it was the steady preaching of the Word, realizing that I was a sinner, uh, coming to understand my need of Christ and putting my trust in Him. He opened my eyes to see that. Uh, but, you know, so much happened after that. Yeah. You know, there's you go through many dangers, toils, and snares. You, you go through times of temptation, and, and, and you're growing in your yeah. faith. And it was really in my college years where the Lord sent some disciples into my life that helped me to really grow so and, and, and know His Word. So, yeah, that's, that's a great question there, Delaney. Thank you for that. We do have one more on here. I, I feel like I should play some very serious music when I ask this question because it's, it's a pretty serious one. Elijah Myers asked, how many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? Mm. <laughs> Good question, Elijah. I'm going to go with one. Okay. And um, you might think just one for a great big elephant, but hear me out. You could freeze it in the shape of a ball Ooh. and fire it from a cannon at point blank at an elephant, and you'd be having elephant tenderloin with ivory forks. This is terrible. Uh, for dinner. <laughs> All right. Um, that is... Uh, wow. You Thank really, you, Elijah. You really gave some thought to that. Um, I, I thought I would ask... Uh, chat gpt oh just right now i just ask it on the fly i didn't prepare this ahead of time is ai a good dad joke answer i don't know it says but chickens wouldn't really pose a threat to an elephant in terms of directly causing harm huh (laughs) elephants are significantly larger and stronger than chickens i didn't know that so they wouldn't be able to physically harm an elephant (laughs) thank you elijah you really added to our podcast. That was today. that was uh that was marvelous. We need more questions like that. Yeah. It is what we need, you know. So um uh, speaking of which, I think we're going to do a Q&A uh like a, a an answer time soon. So submit your questions. Yeah, you can submit your questions uh by going to faithsf.com/soundinfaith all together. Faith in uh faithsf.com/soundinfaith. You can find the uh, the older po- podcast episodes on there. Of course, we're on all the major platforms, uh, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all those places. So, and we have our swag still. You can still get you can still get swag. I'm wearing the swag today. Those of you looking at the video, I forgot mine. Pastor Mike forgot his swag. So, <laughs> any final words today, Pastor Mike? No, happy Advent. Wrap it up. Happy Advent to you. Uh, keep these things in mind that we've talked about today got any questions, send them our way. Lord willing, we will see you Sunday.